What is going on, Bar Down Breakdown? We got Nick from the fantastic Bayside What's joining up? us to talk some <laughs> music and hockey today. Nick was actually one of our first guests on the podcast like, wow. like three years ago. It was like episode five. We're at episode <laughs> 169. So Excellent. It's been a while. A lot has happened. I'm a podcaster like, now. You are. Oh, my and, goodness. And there it's was like so a long. whole pandemic in between the last time we had you on and everything yeah. it's, it's been uh kind of wild but we're super stoked to have you back yeah, um, thank you you know you, you guys did your 20 year then 21st year reunion tour mm-hmm. uh well not reunion tour just your your anniversary, uh, anniversary <laughs> tour and uh you know a lot has happened so i'm just super stoked to have you on and and also your Hockey team is in the playoffs, so we got to talk about that. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. So, where do we start? Let Let's talk. Uh, Strangest faces. Uh, that just came out like mm-hmm. two weeks ago, a week ago. It's uh, about nine days. Nine days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, already a hundred and thirty four thousand streams. Like that is yeah. kudos to you guys. Still doing it all these years, just crushing it. Mm-hmm. Like that. That's. A, huge numbers man I'm yeah sure you guys i mean one pumped. one thing i've kind of uh, i use spotify and i assume you're using the spotify with that number but there's also plenty of other places that it's streaming so it must be more than 134 000, oh yeah you know, like, like whatever apple, apple music yeah. is so yeah i mean uh, our career you know we're, we're lucky enough that our fans are still just as engaged, if not more engaged now than they've ever been. Um, and we're super appreciative of that. And we, whenever we're writing songs, we keep them in mind, you know, like we're not trying to change our style so much uh, at any point where someone who's liked us for 20 years, 10 years, whatever it is, is, you know, starts to question what we're doing. So a song like strangers faces, and we have a couple other songs uh, in the can already recorded, we just try to get better. I don't know. Like, like it's really hard to explain. That sounds so simple, but we try to have like this basis of what our sound is. And we just constantly try to grow it and make it uh, appealing to new people if they're hearing us for the first time, but also keep every single one of our fans that uh, we owe so much to happy. And, uh, and here now we have this new song. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, 20 years of doing this over 20 years of doing this and, and like you're you guys have the bayside is a cult like saying it, i think it's true like your your fans are are sticking with you guys all these years and like it's it's crazy the the spotify number game and like all of those things where at the end of the day you guys are still filling rooms and like yeah. that's that's what's most important and, and like you're getting on all these big festivals and it's it's lovely to see man I'm, I'm super stoked for you guys yeah thank you it's uh you know it's a never-ending process it's it's the never-ending process of a middle-class band <laughs> we know we could never rest on our laurels uh i'll probably say how appreciative i am of our career and our fans a million times while we're talking um but it's it's just any misstep or missed opportunity or anything i think as as popular as our band is we would like feel it you know like we it would it would kind of hurt us so we're, we're we're as calculated as can be and uh we work as hard as we ever have and uh it's just great that we have so many records and songs and you know we're going on tour thrice uh in probably about 10 days um 
so yeah i mean it's really like you said all about it's about touring and filling those rooms and and that's been our bread and butter forever i mean even when there was we, it's really kind of a weird thing how the trajectory of the last like i don't know 20 25 years of of being in a band has changed going from selling cds to selling no music because of napster and digital downloading and stuff and then ipods kind of starting to correct the whole course then streaming makes every song ever in your pocket but we don't get paid for it <laughs> so that's terrible but all throughout all of that if we weren't constantly growing and selling more tickets every tour we wouldn't be a band and that goes for every band i mean it's really the most important thing is is selling merchandise and buying tickets so our fans uh support us endlessly when it comes to that yeah and and there's just that crazy shift because you know with these tiktok bands that are blowing up now they they have millions of monthly yeah. streams but then can't get 20 kids to their shows yeah, yeah. and you know a stream at the end of the day what what does that mean it's the the fans that are super loyal that are willing to go out on a tuesday night to mm -hmm. go to a show like that's something that you guys have been building for 20 plus years so yeah it, that's not going away no it's it's a part of the culture i think you know i mean to this day i still go to a million shows <laughs> a week you know I'm, I'm lucky enough that right now i've been home during like a good spring touring season so i i have severe fomo when it comes to like missing bands on tour so there, there's plenty of times where i'm going to three or four shows a week and it's still a huge source of uh joy for me and uh i'm i'm i always have this uh kind of when i'm seeing one of my favorite bands kind of crush it on stage i'm like oh i can't wait to go back on tour like i can't wait to go do this so it's uh it's it's almost like fuel for me so r right now I'm, I'm really stoked I'm, I'm a little stressed because we leave in like i don't know 10 days or so and i have so much on my plate but i'll make it all work and once we get on the road i'll, I'll just be real 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 happy that's for sure so i'm, I'm guessing like it's got to be more than just like getting your laundry ready at this yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Well, the, really the biggest thing, and this is like super nerdy, but um, Star Wars Celebration, which is like the big Star Wars convention, um, is actually here, like a town over from me in Anaheim. Um, and that is this Thursday through Sunday. And I leave for tour Tuesday. So <laughs> I basically the second half of this week is spoken for like 24 hours a day is basically spoken for. Then I have about one day to do laundry and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, and then I'm hitting the road. And thankfully, it's only about a three week uh, kind of mini tour with Thrice coming up. So it's uh, not too long, uh, not too, too long of a, a tour. So uh, packing i could probably do in 10 minutes for a three-week tour that doesn't seem difficult at all so uh, it's more about you know i've actually i'm working through i'm on like long-term injured reserve right now my finger my right middle finger on my right hand i busted a tendon six weeks ago today um so that has stopped me from being able to rehearse and i'm actually going at 8:45 monday morning to the orthopedist to see if i could kind of take this splint off and start using my right hand properly again so that's a whole other thing it's like i need to rehearse for tour but i have not been able to so that's just adding to my uh my stress right now was that a hockey injury it was uh the you know this is normally a sports in injury it's a uh, 
football and baseball normally injury because you kind of just jam your finger either like quarterbacks will jam fingers on helmets baseball obviously basketball you could just jam your finger on just about anything uh i don't i haven't really heard of it in hockey um this however was me jamming my finger on my car seat when i went to go pick up my sunglasses and i picked my finger i picked up the sunglasses to go put them on my face and i noticed that from like my top knuckle to the tip of my finger was just hanging no pain no, nothing. Like, I couldn't move it. So I was like, this is really weird because I assume if I can't use something, it's broken. But there's no pain. So I went immediately to urgent care, and it's something called mallet finger. It's just basically I ruptured the tendon that is, you know, three quarters of an inch long from the top knuckle. And I just couldn't move my finger my the, from the top knuckle to the tip of my finger. I couldn't move it. Um, and the recovery time is six to eight weeks. So today is six weeks. <laughs> so I'm hoping I get good news tomorrow morning. Jeez. Yeah. Something Very annoying. Like reaching for cool your sun sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's sunny out. Let me get my sunglasses. Oh, geez. I got to be careful now. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to get <laughs> paranoia, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get the, the, I forget what those things are called that you can like yeah, yeah, yeah. put on the back of your sunglasses and just wear them now. So I don't have to reach. Yeah, what are those called? Crokey something i don't know I can't yeah I, there. <laughs> I don't remember i don't think i ever knew what they were called <laughs> so um I, you know like you mentioned you're a podcaster now you got mm. two of them so or, or is there more than two no two two so Definitely. like doing this on the road are, are you bringing all your equipment out to yeah going? it's it's pretty simple i did it on the last on our 21st anniversary tour um you know i just have a mic and i record directly when I'm doing my radio show, um, that's just me, so I could kind of do it at any time. Um, and I just have this mic and, and record directly into Anchor, um, which is super easy. And the Star Wars podcast, Thank the Maker, um, yeah, I mean, I really just need somewhere quiet and a microphone, and I can make it work. Um, last tour though i missed about half of those like that that one was a little tough not necessarily because i didn't have time but like my time often didn't align with everyone else's recording schedule so we'll see i'll uh you know there, there's three hosts and there's backup hosts and there's guests like i i miss doing it because i talk about star wars regardless of whether i have a <laughs> podcast or not but um they'll they'll be fine without me for a couple of weeks hell yeah and and you do that show with the dude from yellow card william ryan key and mm -hmm. and the bassist of story of the year right yeah so adam russell yep yeah so you got kind of a, a crossover of your own like yeah the alternative it's... music and star wars crossover. exactly I love that. yeah i mean it's it's been fun i mean the the story goes is i was actually when they started the podcast pretty early on um, I was a guest on their podcast also, like maybe even episode five. I don't know. Um, but uh, it Watch was... Watch out, Tommy's coming for you. <laughs> yeah. They were... Uh, they actually came to my house where I am recording right now. We we talked about the movie Solo. And the next day, Ryan hit me up and was just like, man, that was really awesome. Like, would you... You know, we've been talking about how cool that was. Like, do you want to like be the third host? And... And basically what I just said to you, I'm like, I'm going to talk about Star Wars regardless. I might as well do it into a microphone. So <laughs> here we are. We're like 115 episodes in. Unbelievable. That's awesome. <laughs> and I I'm going to admit it right here. I, over the summer, watched Star Wars for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I think because I didn't have like that nostalgic, like totally. 
yeah. feel like connection. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to be for me. Like I, yeah, I, I, I went in and I was just like, man, I really want to like just be invested into star Wars, yeah. like everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I guess because I also like watched the, the first one or the fourth one or whatever it is. Yeah. And obviously like technology and movies has just come such a oh totally <laughs> so the, the my my whole spiel with that is like people ask me it's like oh i've never watched star wars what order should i watch it in and i'm like it's a little bit of a tricky question and the proper way i think is to watch like episode four five and six so the original ones you have to understand the gravity of the how those films were made. Like nothing even remotely looked like that in 1977, and yeah. there were movies afterwards that looked bad. It's not like they even they were so far ahead of the game with their graphics and and just practical effects and all these things that stuff after it for the next you know decade still looked like like garbage compared to it. So they were so ahead of the game. It changed the world. It was like the first like huge like sci-fi blockbuster type of thing. So you kind of have to keep that in mind while you're watching those. And then I would almost say you watch those just to know what, how it changed the world. And then watch it all in order again, including four, five, and six. Then go watch one, two, three, four, five, six again, seven, eight, nine, just to stay with the, to, to this pick up the whole stories but i get it i i fully when people ask me and i'm i say exactly what you said like i'm I'm almost 42 years old i grew up with it it's a huge source of joy in my life and to be uh a part of such a huge community now with podcasting and costuming and just collecting and all this stuff it's it's a lot more than just the movies for me and uh it's it's tough though i those movies uh, the only way I could say, like, if the technology is, like, a bum out, just think that, like, go watch, like, Star uh, the Star Trek the movie, which came out, like, after Star Wars, and look at how bad it looks. You know? Like, the technology was groundbreaking, and it continues to be groundbreaking. So, um, yeah, I, I, I fully get it. It's it's a tough one to, to kind of go back on if it was never really your thing. Yeah, I, I blame my father. He didn't get me. <laughs> he didn't get me into. I mean, it. What, what's cool to me is that like every like it's been an entity for my whole life, obviously, and uh, people have different entry points, and it's not always just the original movies. Like, there's the prequels. So, like, you have kids that are like thirty now, maybe twenty five now. That though, that's their Star Wars, and then even around 2008 or 9 a huge animated show came out and that's some people's entry point now there's like younger kids who are into the sequels i mean i like it all but there's di- because it's a generational thing there's different entry points for people so uh not everyone's into the originals you know like i'm sure everyone who likes star wars is into the originals but it's not necessarily everyone's favorite at this point and then obviously you know being associated with disney these days mm-hmm. has taken it to a completely yeah different level yeah yeah it's and a lot <laughs> I, I noticed that you guys went to like their new kind of like starship cruiser oh, yeah 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 <laughs> like it, it's like a seven day thing or a five oh day no thing? i wish it's like a two day thing barely it's, oh it's only two days okay <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah. does it feel like you're on a cruise have you ever been on it, an actual cruise? i've been Is on a it... cruise and there's a lot of baseline cruise things that they do um it's meant to feel like you're in space there's no windows in the place and that doesn't bother me at all it was amazing like anywhere there were there should be a window there's just giant led screens that make it look like you're flying and they're constantly in motion um 
it's basically like it's basically uh, the best way I could describe it is it's like a live action role playing dinner theater hotel. It's there's there's so much going on at all times. You get to kind of choose your own involvement with how much fun you have. Um, but there's an ongoing, there's multiple stories going on all at once. So you could kind of choose your path, whether you want to be like good guy, bad guy, like shady guy, <laughs> like, like there's definitely different roles you could play. And, uh, the more you get into it, the more fun you have. And, uh, it's really hard to explain or even show people pictures or videos and make it look cool. It's like the coolest experience I've ever had. And, I don't know how to tell people how cool it was without them just like going and experiencing it. Cause you, you film it and you're like, that kind of looks cheesy. This picture kind of looks cheesy. I talk about it and I'm like, Oh cool. I've action role playing dinner theater. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what this is like. It's just, it was so much fun. Like there at every point of that, like 48 hours, everyone who's in the hotel is like kind of dressed up like at least 80 percent of the people are dressed up as either some sort of character or something like that it's like this is as close as we're gonna get to like living star wars and it's obviously not for everyone but for someone like me and everyone i was with it was absolutely like just so much fun and are you allowed to leave or like once you go in you're you're Mm -hmm. in there for the two days and yeah i mean yeah, obviously you could go do whatever. I, I heard of somebody who didn't even want to stay in the hotel and they actually stayed in a different hotel and just came back uh, in the morning. Um, and on the second day they bring you, it's, it's pretty much right behind galaxy's edge in Disney world. So you, on the second day, they give you like a eight hour window or so to go to Disney world. Basically. I mean, I, because I live close to Disneyland, I only spent like three or four hours in galaxy's edge out there. Cause I knew like I, I've experienced that, you know, a million times at this point. So I really wanted to just go spend more time, like actually on the ship. And, um, yeah, you could definitely leave if you want to, but it was more like, man, I don't even want to like go to sleep. I was having such a good time just <laughs> admiring everything. And, and really the coolest thing is, which like I, you know, for us, we were the second voyage ever. It started on March 1st and we were March 3rd. So oh, only wow. one group of like pedestrians had been on it before. So we had like this absolutely shiny brand new toy with like the cast and crew was still like fresh. Like everyone, even they were having a great time still, which, you know, I think in a couple of years it'll like kind of mellow out a little bit, but maybe not. I don't know. It's it's expensive. So you got to get your money's worth and, and hopefully... uh it seems like it's doing well, you know, like it seems like it's constantly booked uh, months out. So, um, yeah, I mean, I recommend it if you're even like a medium sized Star Wars nerd, like save your money and, and go experience that because there's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah, I I need something like that, like a Mighty Ducks inversion. Yeah, <laughs> well, that that's honestly I came on like again, I was having a really hard time trying to explain to people why it was so cool. And I always said like i wish every fandom had this experience whether it was yeah mighty ducks like hockey or a marvel thing or whatever and in a weird way i say there's a lot of pressure on this particular project to do well and if it doesn't then we're not getting a marvel one we're not getting a whatever you know like we're not getting a harry potter one whatever it is so it's like a lot of pressure on this star wars one and it could only get better. Like if they built a Marvel one that came like that opened in the next five years, it would be a lot better than star Wars one because they, they're learning, you know, they probably have new technologies and all that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that it's successful. So like these 
creative endeavors that Disney is inventing, we get more of them basically. That's awesome. So um, like at this point of your podcast, did Disney reach out to you guys since you guys are like Star Wars influencers, no, I guess at this point? We, we They did do before the first voyage, there was like a, a Star Wars influencer like voyage that went on like a, a week or so before us. Uh, no, we, we bought tickets. So, um, you know, the goals for sure. Those are oh, our yeah. goals to get uh, <laughs> acknowledged by uh, by any Lucasfilm entity. Um, you know, like I'm sure they know of us, but uh, yeah, for us to be like officially invited for free or anything like that, that didn't happen. We we forked out our own money. <laughs> like you said, the goals, man. Yeah, it, exactly. Just keep it. Podcasting's a, a grind, man. It it really yeah. is, as you know. At this point, it's. Mm-hmm. A lot of time it, goes into it, but yeah, I mean, it's worth it. You know, I think it's, it's obviously it's fun. You have to be passionate about what you're talking about and also realize that you don't need like a hundred thousand listeners, you know, a, a good core base will, will suffice. Obviously you always want to grow and, and be more successful, but there's so many podcasts, obviously that you have to figure out what your niche is and then like make those people happy. Amen. Amen. <laughs> So, you know, you're a man of many projects and you just announced uh, a couple of days ago that you're going to be doing a children's book. So I just want to hear all about that because that's so awesome. (laughs) Well, I'm friends with uh, a company over in the UK called HE Creative and uh, they're kind of like a punk rock, alternative rock, like music oriented design company. Um, And... Uh, big Star Wars fans also, which is actually kind of like our connection, um, our, our original connection. And uh, they started to pump out books with like HR from Bad Brains, Toby from H2O. Um, they worked with Epitaph Records. Um, they, you know, they'll just do books like the ABCs of Punk Rock and Emo or E is for Emo is one of their books, something like that. So I, uh, I don't know. It's just one day I was just thinking about everyday life things you know like i don't know and somehow i would i was like we need to like i wish that it was simpler to tell kids how simple like how you need to be kind to people that are different from you as long as they're also nice and accepting you know and it's like you i feel like i've growing up like my parents did a good job thankfully um they kind of just let me do my own thing but didn't really push me in one direction or another but at the end of the day you know it was always like well if this person's being mean to you then don't associate with them and i think that what's happening in the world lately is like we're conflating like different views as like wrong views where Basically, the bottom line of my book is like, be nice to everyone unless they're a dick. You know, it's a children's book, so I'm not saying that. (laughs) I'm not saying it that bluntly. But if, you know, I have it as simple as like the one page that I've released so far is like, some people like dogs, some people like cats, and that's okay. You know, it's not, I like dogs and you like cats, you're wrong. You know, like that's where the world seems to have been heading in the last couple of years. So it's just like, no, there could be conflicting ideas and as long as people like are kind and have a uh a, a general uh appreciation for each other 
then it's fine that people are different. We should celebrate the differences instead of looking at them as a negative thing. So um, I'm only smart enough to write a children's book. I can't write an actual novel. So <laughs> I went down the road uh, of just writing out the 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 story kind of uh sent it over to my friends and they were they were interested in doing it so that's uh for pre-order right now um everybody who pre-orders it i'm gonna put to little put together a little like video of me reading it uh like just doing a read through um so anyone who pre-orders it will get that and i think it's going to press next month so um yeah i won't have it on tour or anything like that but because i think it's actually gonna go on to press as far as i know next month okay i'm, yeah. I'm gonna have to pre-order a copy because yeah yeah i'm i'm a third grade teacher and that sounds like a perfect awesome. like beginning of the year read aloud yeah that's great i, I yeah. hope you do do that yep definitely going to so um before we talk a little uh new york rangers hockey i just mm -hmm. want to you know talk about just you know 21 22 years ago when when bayside was you know, starting out and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the Long Island music scene, because, you know, we grew up there. Uh, I'm, we're actually from the same hometown mm -hmm. and uh, it's a special place. And a lot of those bands are still around and, and very important bands in the alternative music sphere. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I just want to hear like your experience of let, let's just say the downtown. So like that, that place for me, is so important. And, and if mm -hmm. Tom was here too, he would say it as well. Like when we were first going to shows in 2001, 2002, mm -hmm. that was the place. And yeah. you're a couple of years older than us. Mm -hmm. So like, do you have that connection to the downtown? Like, like I like that, that's my place. Yeah. I mean, I, there was a time in my life where I would like daydream about playing shows and it, for some reason it was always at the downtown. And, but that just had to do with like the layout of it kind of like, and that for a good portion of my early Bayside career, like that's where our, some of our, like at the time, our bigger shows were. Um, but yeah, I mean, I started going to shows, you know, when I was 15 maybe. Um, and that was always, it was such a crapshoot because they would either be in VFW halls or like really shitty bars or warehouses and nothing was really, I don't want to say nothing was legal, but shows were getting shut down by cops a lot. <laughs> um, obviously, no one was doing anything wrong. They were like $5 shows in warehouses where everyone was straight edge. And it was just, you know, it was unlawful gathering, basically. But uh, something like the downtown being able to properly put together shows and host touring bands and stuff like that was is pivotal. You know, I don't I don't think the downtown was very big. I think it was like maybe 500 people fit in there. So oh, yeah. it wasn't a very big place, but it was important to have a legal place for bands to play, which is probably why right before like that emo boom happened in the early 2000s, it was really important to have a proper place for like, for instance, Motion City Soundtrack to show up and play, you know, because a band that was i saw them there know, yeah yeah I, I kind of feel like i played with them at some point there i don't really remember um i don't know if that was bayside or i don't know um but yeah i mean it was very much so uh an important place but yeah i'm a little older so like my my places had a lot to do like the places i went to go see shows was more like vfw halls and in particular, in Lindenhurst, uh, there was the 
nonprofit organization called the People with AIDS Coalition, and it was PWAC for short. That was where I went to my first show, some of my favorite shows ever, um, and that was just a warehouse off Route 109. <laughs> and that was there for years. And uh, I think because it was attached to a nonprofit, I think we got a little bit of leeway there. Um, and there was also just like a lot of space for people to hang. So they didn't have to be like kind of out in public that much. So if there were a couple hundred people at, at the show, they would just be like in a parking lot, not near any businesses. It was, there wasn't much to complain about for people. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I think once people like, for instance, like Christian McKnight, who's still a promoter um, with Live Nation now, like once, once he really started to like, find places to properly put on legitimate shows. I think that really solidified a lot of the scene for, for Long Island. Now, like when you were in that moment, like the, the emo boom in mm. the early two thousands, did you like realize how special, like all the bands on Long Island at that time were like, were you, were you aware of just how special it was? Um, or is it just kind of like, it's, you know, it's hard. It's twofold because first of all, I'm talking like I'm 23, 24. And my, my own personal story was a little weird because I, my band silent majority, which was like a bigger band on long Island at the time, like not many were bigger in that like 97 to 2001 era. Um, we had broken up in 2001, early 2001, I want to say. And I, I, I kind of had a weird couple of years after that because I was super bitter that we broke up. Like I was, I loved being in the band. I felt like we had so much more to give. And there was, it was like pre-social media. So we were like really only big on Long Island and then like randomly in North Carolina because we would like play there once every couple of months or something like that. Um, we had only done like one or two full US tours and it was hard in 1998 to know touring bands, you know, like, so we would go on tour and if there was 15 people at the show, we'd be like, well, I hope they liked us and I hope they come back next time with some friends. It's not, it's a pre-social media, uh, and internet, uh, touring was for sure strange, but, um, I don't like, because from like the ages of 21 to about 24, I didn't really go to shows a lot on Long Island. Like I was aware of what was going on with like taking back Sunday and stuff like that. But it, there was a sense of I'm young and I'm jealous because my band broke up and not for nothing. The first time I heard taking back Sunday, I was like, they sound like my band that just broke up <laughs> what? and they're so popular or what the hell. Um, so that was, that was like me just being a little like immature, but I was 23 years old. So, um, then once I joined Bayside and we've never not been like a middle-class band, then I start to have another part of me that's jealous. That's like, why is my chemical romance so big? Why is, <laughs> why is brand new so big? Like, what, what are we doing wrong? You know, why did Hawthorne Heights just run 10 laps around us? What are we doing? You know, it's like, and you, you just, I always come back to this point now that music and entertainment in general is like not a meritocracy. It's not all about hard work, you know, like you, people get breaks here and there so it's not just how hard you work hard work will like keep you afloat um you have to be some sort of talented and people gotta like you so um to answer your question because i don't think i did yet <laughs> uh it, it felt special it felt like things were blowing up when like you got to play something like skate and surf festival in new jersey and it was like every band from the genre or most bands from the genre and there were thousands of people there and it was like wow it's really having a moment you know and i, I think like this was like 
the generation after Green Day too. This was like Blink One Eighty Two generation. So and Blink One Eighty Two was taking out Saves the Day and New Found Glory and bands like that. And it was like, wow, like um, this next generation of bands that we're like kind of playing with are on MTV. They're pl- playing with Blink One Eighty Two. Like they're kind of right there. So there was always something, you know. And then obviously like My Chem blew up and Paramore blew up and like we played with those bands, you know. So like it was it was a really cool thing to start seeing those bands be even though like MTV wasn't what it was in the 80s or early 90s, it still existed then and it was cool to see that like bands from our genre succeed and be uh on MTV or or Fuse or something like that. Yeah, it, it was uh like even for someone that was a fan, it, it was. It, it I I don't know how there hasn't been like a movie about it mm-hmm. yet because yeah. it was just so such an important time for alternative music mm-hmm. and I, I I don't know if it's going to be like mainstream like that ever again. You know, with it's being tough. on teen movies and yeah. you know yeah. TRLs and Stevens Untitled Rock Show like. <laughs> yeah. That I just can't see that happening again. Well, everything's so fragmented now because of the internet, which I think is is I, I would say it's a positive thing. Because like I said about like there's a million podcasts and you know, you only need either a couple hundred, couple thousand people to like feel successful and have and it's like kind of the same thing with a band, you know? Like there are bands that probably have like satellite radio or TikTok hits, like you said, that can't draw fifteen hundred people like we can, you know? <laughs> like Yeah. But I would kill to get strangest faces video to have a million views you know i would like if it's not gonna happen i know it's not gonna happen i'm not holding my breath but some kid on tiktok could do something and have a million views in two days and it's like all right well i'm we're gonna sell more tickets than you (laughs) like i don't know (laughs) it's i don't like i wish there was uh i I wish it was a little less sporadic with how things went and you could kind of like i said work hard towards something but it's just not how things go now, I'm just curious because, uh, you know, in that Long Island circle that you guys were running in was one of my favorite bands and still one of my favorite bands, As Tall as Lions. And mm-hmm. like, do, do, are you aware of Dan and what he's like gone on to do now? Like he just I've heard won- like some chatter here and there, but I, yeah, fill me in because I don't really I'm not. Yeah, know he, for he, sure. so he just won a Grammy. He produced that Olivia Rodrigo album. Oh, nice. Album, awesome. So yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. Like to hear like his name in pop culture circles, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, wait, that's as tall as lines. Like that is yeah. Long Island <laughs> that's band great. right there. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. kind of wild. Yeah, no, that's cool. I did not know that. Yeah, it's. uh I think it just shows the type of talent that was really on Long Island at that time. Like, yeah, these musicians I mean, were the, just unbelievable. Yeah, and there, there's there's something about like believing in yourself and like liking liking what you do, and maybe your band didn't necessarily work out, but not being like, well, my band didn't work out, so let me go uh, get an office job. You know, like some people are just like music moves them and is their life and maybe the band didn't work out but songwriting or producing or touring in another sense work does work out you know so there there's a couple of people that i would say that i like grew up with from you know 95 through now that i'm like oh that dude's guitar teching cool you know like i i i used to go to shows with him you know it's like he became a lifer kind of thing and then most people aren't that way most people are like office job people after a certain point and I don't know. 
it just it shows like to a lot of people unfortunately like finding the scene is like a moment in time you know like it's a it's a dare i say trend for a lot of people you know and then it's they're embarrassed to see pictures of themselves when they're 21. And it's like, I'm not embarrassed. I'm still <laughs> like, yeah, my hair sucked back then, but like, <laughs> I'm still doing it. I believed in it since I was, since I started playing music. So it's a big deal, you know, and it it's, feels good. I'm glad that I'm still doing it. I don't ever think I won't be doing it in, in some respect. And, uh, that's like my goal now that I'm older, <laughs> you know, I'm like kind of middle-aged. I'm like, I, it was al always like, oh, I hope I could keep this going. And now it's like, no, I know I could keep this going. Like, this will be good. You know, like it's, you see bands like Bad Religion and they're pushing 60 at this point and they're touring, you know, just as much as, you know, maybe, maybe not as they ever did, but they're touring a lot. So it's like, as long as health is on your side and um, hopefully we don't have any more pandemics, it's like, yeah, I'm sure people are going to see Bayside for the next 20 years at least. <laughs> yeah, it, it it's funny because uh, one of my good friends from, from high school, when he went to uh, school to be a, a trumpet player, so like he, he studied jazz at University of Miami, and he ended up landing a gig with Casey and the Sunshine Band. <laughs> so like obviously disco has come and gone and like it's yeah, not yeah. around anymore. But he was like, yo, come out to a show one time. You got to see like just how crazy it is. I was like, all right, I'll go. And it was like him and Taylor Dane, like Casey and the Sunshine <laughs> Band and Taylor Dane. And they filled a whole entire like abandoned airport. Like yeah. it was an abandoned airport yeah. in upstate New York, filled the whole entire place. Mm -hmm. And this is, you know, probably 30, 40 years after disco was taken yeah, off. Yeah. And, you know, he, he, that dude has made a career of it. He's mm -hmm. just going to be, you know, shake your booty or shake yeah. your groove thing for yeah. forever. Probably playing like county fairs or something, you know, yeah. like forever. And it's that there is, you know, I think there's a part of getting older where, you know, you're nostalgic for a time or, or nostalgic for things that made you feel happy before you had like adult kind of things going on. Um, that happens to every generation. And I do, I do think that because our band's been a band for going, uh, 22 years at this point, we're seeing the people who were like 15 when they found out about us. They're 35 now. And they, they're nostalgic for when they didn't have a mortgage and kids and, <laughs> and stuff like that. And that's a real thing. You know, that's why things from our youth like entertainment from our youth is getting remade now because this is just the, the actual like circle of life is like people in our age group are now like hollywood producers and they're like you know it would be cool let's make a chippendales rescue rangers uh series for disney plus you know it's like i used to watch that every day after school now i'm a producer let's do this and like that's gonna keep happening to every generation it's just it's like a weird part of just I don't know, capitalism, you know, it's like, it's easy. It's super easy to just like prey on nostalgia, which, you know, I don't, I'm, I feel like I'm using weird words, but I'm all for it. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm all for the Mighty Ducks rebrand though. That, that yeah, one, uh, yeah, was it, it was just not for us. I feel like yeah, Disney was just wasn't. like, we're going to use this, this intellectual property and it's going to be for kids. It's not going to be for people who were kids <laughs> yeah true that well 
I do want to jump in and, and talk a little Rangers hockey, but before yeah. I do that, I just have to let you know about our sponsor real quick. So, uh, hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on in DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility apply. Notes for details. So let, let's uh, let's talk Rangers, man. So yeah. I, I was a little worried when we decided to uh, record today after game <laughs> three, and I was like, Geez, if they're down 0-3, I don't know how happy Nick's going to be. Yeah. But here we, here we are, and uh, you guys pulled off a a, a pretty uh, exciting performance and, and pulled off the team. So how, how are you feeling about the series and especially about today's win? Yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been wild. Like, just to talk about the whole year in a nutshell. Like, anyone I hear talking about, like, especially – before the all-star break, like how much Shesterkin is like just the reason why the Rangers are good. I'd be like, yeah, I know you're right. Like the team's playing like garbage, but like they're winning, you know, like they're finding their way after the all-star break. And even before the trading deadline, way different team. And they were winning a lot more than the trading deadline. They crushed. So they, they looked like a legitimate team. I was happy when they got the penguins in the first round. Cause I knew they were better than the penguins. I knew it'd be sketchy to play, Crosby and Malkin and Latang, and for the first time all year the Rangers were just not playing well and that was really hard for me to accept because I knew they were a good team I knew they were a better team than the Penguins um and they were handing the Penguins leads and games and all this stuff and that was truly like the worst I've felt since like our last kind of cup run years like where we would go to the eastern conference finals and the stanley cup finals like those were years where i had expectations and that's kind of the thing here is like i had expectations of the rangers to definitely if they're going to play well beat the penguins and they were just game after game handing the penguins goals leads wins all of it so then they finally they looked nervous too like they truly looked nervous like i it even Steven Valaket on one of the like post games were like, they're, they're choking. And I'm like, thank you for using that word. The Rangers are truly choking right now. Um, they figured it out. And my main goal going into the playoffs for them, like what I wanted to see the most, my expectation was for they're a young team. I wanted them to win. I wanted them to face adversity and do well in the face of adversity. And like I said, they were choking and they figured it out. And now in the second round, these are the three best games they've played so far. They're down two games to one, but they've played the three best games, like full, complete. They don't look nervous. And the Hurricanes are a hell of a team. So, like, I'm 
when they beat the Penguins, I was like, all right, this was kind of my Stanley Cup for the Rangers this year. I wanted the kids to learn. The kids looked great. Um, they got the nerves out of their way. And like, that's really it. Like, I don't expect them to win the Cup this year. But in order to win a Cup in the next couple of years, hopefully, they need to go through this process. They need to lose. They need to know what it's like to be in a away arena with, you know, it going nuts. So I'm happy with how they pulled out the first round. I have no expectations for the second round, but they lost the first game in overtime. They lost the second game, basically one to nothing. And then they won today. So I'm like, they're, they're playing great. Like they're playing as good as they can. And, uh, I have thoughts on specific players and stuff like that, but I feel good. And I, I don't know. I'm not a normal sports fan. I'm not like a, like my obviously wins and losses are all of sports, but I'm big into the process. Like the process matters to me. So when they were winning early in the year and they looked like shit, I was like this, this isn't sustainable. This is not good. And then when the process was right and they were playing better, I was like, cool, this is how I want to win. I don't want to win at all costs just so I could like talk crap to you about the Islanders. It's like, no, <laughs> I want, I want, I want my team to do well and I want them to play right. So, um, so they're playing right right now, you know, like they need some more consistency from players, some certain players, but, uh, but they're, they're hanging in there. Now, is it only been two years since the letter or is it th- three years since the letter? No, it's, I think it's four or five. Oh, really? It's been yeah, that, yeah. man, like the pandemic has screwed everything yeah, up, man. I feel like, the, yeah. like years have just passed. And yeah. If I felt like that was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so, it was two seasons like the middle of, if this makes sense, the middle of two seasons before the pandemic. <laughs> but so this to, would be to, like the fifth year, I would say. To do like a complete overhaul that quickly, mm-hmm. like that—that's that's uh pretty impressive, man. Yeah. Like you mentioned the Islanders, and I was like really promising myself to not talk about them much, but like <laughs> it was like a fifteen-year rebuild for us. Yeah. So like to do it so quickly is pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it's a different time. Like I think hockey players are so like if you play fantasy hockey, you know how hard fantasy as ho- hockey has gotten in the last 5 years or so because all the players oh, are the same except for like the top 10. They're all the same. Like there's so much same thing with like I'm not a big baseball guy or whatever. Like there's so much coaching with athletes that only this superstar freak of nature athletes like Connor mcdavid or nathan mckinnon those are the superstars and everyone else is like yeah we score 60 points a year like everybody does that now and it's because of hard work and coaching and work ethic you know it's systems all that type of stuff so fantasy hockey's gotten incredibly hard because there's five good goalies well there's five great goalies everyone else is a good goalie um and then same thing with skaters it's like the the from second line down on like every team is like kind of all the same players. So that's, that's made the NHL like hard to pick here and there. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's fun to watch, but the, the, the actual, like, like we're watching Connor McDavid just literally will his entire team, like <laughs> to win some games here and there. Like they're winning four, nothing right now. I don't, I don't know how many points he has, but it's crazy to watch. That's how good he is. He's the only player in the world if that could do what he's doing because that team stinks. <laughs> so you, you mentioned Connor McDavid, but I think it was because uh, our homies and calling all captains were playing the tailgate before the the game today, and they got them all pumped up. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it's cool when uh, teams are starting to mm-hmm. in, embrace some bands from the alternative scene mm-hmm. in in their yeah. like pregame stuff and yeah, and yeah. whatnot. I love it. Yeah, we had uh, around our album Killing Time, which was like 2011 or so. Um, they played one of our songs in MSG a couple times. I was That's... I got a little friendly with uh, Ray Castoldi, who's like the organist and like the dude who plays the music and. Uh, he played it a couple times when I wasn't there, but whenever that was the, like my heyday of going to like games all the time, and I would kind of like tweet at him like, "Hey, I'm at the game, play some Bayside," and he would. <laughs> so sweet, uh, that that was cool. Hell yeah, that's awesome. And I, I'm I'm not sure if you've been have been watching like the the actual ESPN feeds, but they brought back like their theme song yeah, from yeah, back in the day, mm-hmm. and they picked uh, that band Joy Wave mm-hmm. to to do it, which is kind of cool nice. too. I didn't know that. Yeah, That's cool. Yeah, no, I've I've been on board. Like I, you know, I the NBC broadcast for however long it's been. I was just like, there's, it's. If I'm watching on Game Center, I always pick the Canadian feed because it's so much better. And really, like TNT and ESPN, I think immediately did a way better job. Like I was so into watching all the panels, just everything about it was so much better right away than NBC was doing. So I'm I'm very happy with what their presentation. Now, do you do you miss your your Rangers broadcasters during the playoffs? Because I truly, sure. truly wish that the NHL would change that, where you yeah. could still get your like local feed for mm-hmm. the playoffs. Yeah, I heard. So I was doing an airport drop off, uh, and I missed like the first five minutes of today's game, and I put the ESPN radio feed on when I was driving and it was Sam Rosen and Dave Maloney. So I was like, Oh, there you guys are. Okay. <laughs> You're on the radio. Got it. I'll luck out a little bit here and there, depending on what game it is. Um, Kenny Albert will be calling it and he's the normal, uh, one of the normal Rangers radio guys. So I'm like, that feels a little bit more like home, but yeah, I mean, it takes a little bit away from it. I was lucky enough in 94 to have Sam do it. So I don't know, like to, to, call that cup for the rangers so i don't really i don't remember what it was like in 2014 if the rangers had their own broadcast for the finals or not i I honestly don't remember but yeah i mean i'll i'll take a cup however whichever way i could get it (laughs) but uh it would be great to have sam to hear sam do that yeah it i i i I guess i don't watch many other sports (laughs) as much as i do as hockey so i don't know if that's what they do in other sports but it feels just like you're you're the it's the most exciting time in the season you've spent the entire year with this broadcast team and then you like take them away when you, you need them the most totally, and like yeah. where they aren't just like saying oh yeah he grew up in this town he played with this guy and it's like they they keep recycling like the same bios about like players and it's just yeah. like we get it like yeah johnny Gondreau is from, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah from wherever like it's just it's it's over and over again mm-hmm. so i i i wish that they would just let the the local guys do it for yeah people that want it yeah it's weird because i feel i mean i guess people have job if they like the espn guys i'm just like why not just have sam do it you know like it's still be espn work something out like why does it have to be like a random guy who like has no affiliation to anything like who is this is like the most generic i mean they're good i don't really ever have a problem you know who i really do love actually and i'm glad i get to see him more now is ray ferraro i think he's really good he's really good at what he does yeah he's mostly like tsn though right or Sportsnet. i'm not sure but during the regular espn i know that much yeah 
That's a good old uh, Islander reference right there. <laughs> and Ranger, weird, oddly enough. Yeah, he not too many of those. Yeah. You know, as you would think, down the road you would get it more often than mm-hmm. than we do. But yeah, it's like less now. I feel like than ever. Yeah, I, I like Ryan Strom is probably the last one I can think of. Right. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I can't think of anyone else. But yeah, I mean, I you know, I'm I'm happy. I was explaining to someone today about Rangers Hurricanes. I was like, I, you know, I, it would be insane if they went any further than this series, but I'm just right now. I'm just like, I want to go seven games because I'm going to miss them until October. (laughs) You know, like that's how I'm looking at it. And I got my, my expectations already fulfilled. I think that the kids are learning, they face adversity. They, they are learning what it takes. So a couple of lineup tweaks. I mean, not for nothing, I think some of me some of my friends are debating whether Panarin's hurt, and I'm like, he's not hurt. He's just has he's not straying from his game. He's putting up points. Like he's not terrible right now, but he is not like an eleven million dollar elite player right now. You know, like that's what he's getting paid like. And he is out there getting tossed around like a rag doll and he's slowing down the play like as if he's playing like the coyotes in February. You know, like it's he has no time and space, and that's what the Hurricanes and the Penguins have both. That's the game plan, and he's just not changing how he plays. Like you got to change a little bit in the playoffs, and he's not. And yeah, he had that big game seven winner, which I'm like, of course he did, but he is just not like elite right now. Like I think he had an assist today, cool, but when he gets the puck, it's off his stick and like going the other way more so than not these days so that's that's a bummer it's it's crazy they've gotten this far like on the back of obviously like decent goaltending but then like the kid line has been great they're not really putting up too many points but i think that they're showing that the penguins and hurricanes really care about like the panarin line and the zabinajad line so then the kid line is getting like the third pair defensemen and like they're having a little bit easier of a time but they're actually stepping up so the, the actual like line of first round draft picks like Heedle, um, Lafreniere, and Kako, they look great. So that's that's cool. Um, and Zabinajad is my favorite player. Like he's half Persian, I'm half Persian. Like he's always been my favorite favorite player, even before he was a Ranger. Um, and he's he's stepped up a lot. He's had, he's had some games that were invisible, but I mean he's going up against Crosby. You know, like he's going up against Jordan Stahl right now. It's like he at least looks like he's trying and. It, it works here and there. Him and Kreider have really figured out how to be like professional adult hockey players, and it's great. Well, that that line was all over the ice today. Yeah. Like, I, I, I feel like that line won the game mm-hmm. 100%. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's been, uh, it's been cool. And, uh, you know, same thing with Fox. I think he's, he's still putting up points. These guys are like putting up points, but you don't see them taking over games or shifts like you would want them to at like their, their price point at their salary. Um, so I think that's what they need to learn is how to become a little bit more of a playoff team. Cause you watch Tampa play and you watch, you know, to a certain extent the Canes play and it's just like, Oh, that's how you win Stanley cups. It's like no, no East West BS, you know, it's like go to the net and put the puck in the net. And like, that's what the Rangers could use a little bit of right now. It's like, stop looking for that extra pass. Stop passing up like a shooting lane to try and make your second or third fancy pass like dude 
this is not you're not playing Columbus in October right now. This is for all the marbles, like shoot the puck. <laughs> and and that's kind of like, you know, I, I, I watched the Hurricanes closely since I live in, in North Carolina now. And that team is just so explosive. They're so fast. And like when when the Islanders play them, it's it's night and day how much faster they are than mm-hmm than most teams like they're just explosive and their fan base oh my god i (laughs) (laughs) i I, you know growing up on long island you 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 just naturally have like back and forth between islander and ranger fans Mm -hmm. but hurricane fans man being in the building for the 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 sweep a couple of years ago it was brutal like i've never gotten it like that yeah. at a ranger game or an yeah. islander ranger game like that was really like kind of scary yeah. like i well, did I, not I, feel safe i think that most sports are like that right now and i i think that it's like comes to it comes from like a lot of division in the world honestly i think that i think that sports is a sense of escapism but like unhealthy fanaticism is about you being better than somebody else and like that's not the kind of sports fan i am i mean i only watch hockey and i only i watch hockey because of like my investment of time and my players on my team and i want them to do well so i could be happy it has nothing to do with me like i said earlier like talking shit to somebody else you know like i i'm i have never been that way i'll make fun of like to my friends of island like islander stuff because it's funny like uh, it's not like you guys suck you know like it's not mean-hearted i'll say funny shit and they'll laugh you know (laughs) and then i'll take it back i'll take the same thing you know like it's fine but uh yeah i think that there's a there's like a real it's more so than ever like i i could be an msg today and be like i hate all these people like i hate every (laughs) well uh, you're all cheering for the same thing right now but i hate all these people i know that they're like jerks (laughs) well you saw that in toronto that when they got eliminated there was a brawl between maple leafs fans they were fighting each other yeah it's like holy cow i mean they're they're a whole other special thing (laughs) i mean i listen to a lot of uh like sportsnet podcasts like jeff marrick and all that like that's my daily like hockey go-to and you know, I know a lot about the Leafs because of that, like Nick Kiprios and Justin Bourne. Like I, I listen to a lot of Maple Leaf talk and, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always pulling for them because that they give me anxiety. They're not even my team and they give me anxiety because I want them to do better. Um, but yeah, I mean the, them and Edmonton are just these anomalies, man. I'm like, I, it would drive me nuts to be like, Oh, we have the best players in the world and we can't win. We can't, we refuse to play defense. Like we refuse to play defense or have a good goalie. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, it, um, I, I think it's just the cap and and try, yeah. like especially for Toronto, mm-hmm. they they have to get so creative with yeah how they put together their lineup. And this is the just... year that they're finally like, oh, this is the back end of Tavares's contract that we were all worried about. Now it's like he's losing a step. I'm like, man, this is rough. This is yeah. really rough. <laughs> it's it's going to be for sure. Yeah. So. I'm not going to put you on the spot asking you who's who's going to to win the cup, but mm-hmm. out of like you know the the Florida series, who do you, who do you got there? And then the the Battle of Alberta, mm. wh- what do you got? Uh, I, when you know Rangers, notwithstanding, I always kind of start to root for players and storylines and stuff like that. So, um, 
I kind of don't care about Florida. I, I like what they did this year. I just, I want them to like be good for a while so they could like build their fan base. You know, like I don't need them to win at all this year. Three peating for Tampa, like I guess that's good for the sport, but I don't really care if they three peat. You know, like don't need that. Um, when it comes to like Calgary, love Matthew Kachuk. Wish he was a Ranger. Like I just I love that type of player um i would love for a canadian team to win that would be cool um let's see edmonton i think is is until further notice they're just uh, i think they're clowns you know like i can't the the whole organization i'm just like last summer when they re-signed mike smith i was just like all you needed was a goalie and you re-signed the guy who like he gives me so much stress watching him play because he play. <laughs> he has such a, like, he has a stressful style. Um, I went to a couple of Kings Oilers games last, in the first round, and it was, it was insane how he plays. Like, I don't know how his teammates can feel secure with him in the net because of some of the stuff he does. It's crazy. Um, and he's getting old now, too, at yeah, this point, right? He's, he's, uh, he might be 40. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Oh, my God. So, um, but he's just so rogue. I don't know. It's just, it doesn't instill confidence. Um, so I don't know. Oilers, like I have more respect for the Leafs this year than I do the Oilers. The Leafs at least, like, yeah, they got a rough draw because of the way wild cards and stuff go and you play in the, the, the champs. Like, it's tough. The Leafs played better. I don't think they choked this year like they did last year or any of the other previous years. They just got a bad, bad draw and... uh yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with their cap. Uh, so what else is left? Who else, and who then else is in the West? Colorado. Oh, Colorado. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if Colorado doesn't, like, win the cup, I don't know. Like, I don't know who does. You know, like, St. Louis is going to put up a fight, but Nathan McKinnon needs to, like, and Cal McCarr need to, like, just do what McDavid's doing right now and be like, nope, we're definitely not losing in the second round again. <laughs> um, so... So yeah, we'll see. I think I, I, I think the like Canes, there's... the Canes and Tampa should be. It should be like Canes, Tampa, Colorado, and well, I'll say Calgary. That should be the final four. Yeah, and it it just feels a little refreshing. There's some good storylines, like mm-hmm. having the the Battle of Florida, the Battle of Alberta. Like, yeah, those are good storylines. And then mm-hmm. you know, Rangers back in the playoffs, and I, I, I think. Uh, this year, it, it's definitely got me still watching. Usually, at this point, I'm I'm like a bitter Islander fan, yeah. and I just like I'll watch games when they they pop on on, a, on like a Sunday or a Saturday. But I'm I'm invested, so mm-hmm. it, it, well, it's good this year too that like I, you know upsets are cool, but then ultimately, nine times out of ten, the first round upset is like gone in the second round. You know, like very rarely do they go on runs. So you're a hockey fan. You want to see the best on the best. So like, that's why I don't really like love the wild card. I think it should always be like one versus eight or something like that. And like, uh, I don't know, like Boston and Tampa were the wild cards. Like, come on. Like they're legitimately could win the Stanley cup. Like I know they probably had weird regular seasons, but like Toronto got a rough deal, you know, like the Canes almost got a rough deal. They went to seven games with the Bruins. It's, I don't know. It's, it's, I feel like it's not the best uh, the best way we could run the playoffs. That's for sure. Well, it's way better than the AHL and how they <laughs> run it. So, yeah. <laughs> at least it's at least we're better than the AHL. Yeah, yeah. So right <laughs> now, you know, I think I mean, is there any underdog? Like, 
in the second round right now? Like any, like there were no upsets in the first round, right? I I, I consider kind of the Rangers being an underdog right now in yeah, this series. Were, but like even just seeding wise, they were, well, yeah. in this series, yes. I mean, in the first round, every, the higher seed moved on every time, every round, I believe. Right? Rangers were higher. Florida was higher. Oh, Tampa was not. So that was technically an underdog. But yeah, not really. <laughs> like like you mentioned though, the seeding, it, it's hard to even keep track of who's the like who, yeah, who's yeah. got the lower seed at this point. Yeah. With the the their whole wild card system that they got. Mm-hmm. But Nick, let's let's plug away real quick because you know, mm-hmm. you, you you got that killer tour with Thrice coming up in a couple of yep. days. So are it that's that's making its way across the east coast, right? I, I saw a New York Kinda date or an like, Albany date. It's it's yeah, it's like northeast Midwest. It's not even east coast. Like I don't think we go any further south than like uh Baltimore or something like that. So like mid Atlantic kinda. Um but yeah, co headlining with Thrice. We've got a band called Anxious opening up. They're a younger band. Um I'm really stoked for I mean the whole tour, but we because of covid our actual hometown show on our 21st anniversary tour was a little weird we we tried we played terminal 5 which would have been like the biggest venue that we've headlined in new york but at that time new york city didn't allow any indoor events unless you were vaccinated so everyone at a show had to be vaccinated so we were missing like hundreds if not like a thousand people because people didn't even have a choice to get like show negative tests so our hometown like 21st anniversary show was like the smallest new york city show we've had in probably a decade (laughs) um so that being said i'm really excited for our show we're playing pier 17 which is like outside with the city behind us um is that where it's like sad summer was probably i i know it's been around for a minute but i mean just you know if you're a new yorker and you like us like i really think it's going to be a really special night just to like see us with the city behind us outdoors during the summer in new york what what could be better than that seriously Um, yeah yeah so i'm really excited about that and i hope we get to like make up some of that uh bad luck we had with with covid and all that for our new york city show because that that you know we're from new york and it's crazy that like our new york show was less good than like our chicago or vegas show (laughs) you know be just because of circumstances um so yeah, we got that going on. We're actually, we have a couple of shows in July too. We're playing with Manchester Orchestra and Group Love uh, out in Long Island in Patchogue. We have a, we're playing the Great South Bay uh, Brewery Festival. Oh, um, sick. Yeah. And then there's a couple more shows after that. Um, and then a bunch of festivals in the, in the, uh, in September and October, including, including when we were young, which is going to be a lot of fun out in Vegas. Oh, that, that's, and who knows they'll probably keep adding dates on but <laughs> i hope man. as it gets closer i don't know why they stopped at three i thought it would be four <laughs> for sure because those things sold out in like seconds every time so um, yeah yeah i mean i love vegas like i consider that one of my like second homes honestly like i i just truly love it um and they love bayside which is great so i'm really happy that we get to be a part of that festival yeah it, it definitely uh got people talking and yeah it, it was uh it, it came out of nowhere. I'm sure you guys obviously all knew, but like, you know, it's, for... if you have a second, it's really crazy because when we were on our anniversary tour, our booking agent came in and was like, all right, so there's this big festival in Vegas. All I could tell you is Mike Ken's one of the headliners. Do you want to do it? And we we're like, okay, sure. <laughs> Literally like why there was so much confusion about it is because bands didn't know the lineup. I think that the pitch was Mike Ken's playing it. 
do you want to play? And, that's, and we and were that's like, all sure, the, that's all you that's need. All oh, um, wow. A week or so before we heard the other headliner was Paramore, and I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be like huge. So really to see that every band of from our genre was on it was a shock to a lot of people. So I think that that uh, fake news has never come closer to my life, like my personal life. <laughs> the, the, I did a whole radio show debunking every single thing that like people were making up, you know, <laughs> like so quickly people forget how warp tour worked people are like how is that, how are these many bands going to play in one day i'm like what <laughs> like warp tour's only been dead for like under a decade <laughs> like what are you talking about <laughs> do you remember seeing 20 bands in a day like i think everyone was minutes. like i don't know everyone was just mad that it wasn't happening in their city yeah, and they were like yeah. shit man i can't get to vegas like yeah. <laughs> Totally. That's that's at least what I felt. I was like, oh, why couldn't this be on yeah. the East Coast so I could get to it a lot easier? Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, uh, I would consider it a success already because it sold out like probably 150,000 tickets total, like in minutes. So yeah, maybe there's like my my uh, what I said about the Star Wars Star Cruiser. It's like new ideas that are good ideas need to be supported, so we keep getting new iterations of them. So like, hopefully this goes off without a hitch and yeah maybe next year it'll be east coast west coast or something like that you know like do or a tour or something like that i don't know i'm making things up i have no knowledge but if it goes well i'm sure uh <laughs> there'll be more dates or more cities or something why wouldn't there be amen well i wish you the best in all your projects wish you the best on on these tours and festivals man and i, I really hope that at least uh you get a few more games of this series and maybe it goes to seven it can happen in game seven so yeah exactly. you know i'm i'm jealous that you're getting to watch hockey in sunny weather. well you always live in sunny weather so that yep, doesn't count exactly. but like <laughs> thing about watching hockey wearing shorts i just love it so i'm, yep, I'm kind of jealous <laughs> yeah oh so here how here's how i know that the rangers have not been in the playoffs in five years because this is my first postseason rangers postseason i've lived in california for five years now so it has been that long that whole bubble nonsense didn't really count. <laughs> yeah, they were in, I, uh, I agree. They yeah. were like the top 20. They were like the 24th team or something to make it that year, something like that. Yep, that was a weird year. And of course, that's the, the year that in lifetime. It's, yeah, you couldn't even go to those games. <laughs> so. Yep, exactly. Well, Nick, I, I truly appreciate you coming on here and, be another like 160 episodes to get you on for a third time but uh yeah any any time i got my own mic set yeah, up and... now we're good <laughs> <laughs> and just you know two two deer park boys who have made it in podcast land i guess thank goodness <laughs> <laughs> well nick i'll let you go man thanks again and uh we'll talk to you soon all right thanks for having me all right see ya